this is Joy. And this is Claire. Hello. Happy December. December. We're here. Oh my goodness. You know, 2023. Let's, uh, let's just say. Let's call it a wrap. It's, <laughs> it's, I was thinking this morning because I was like really feeling the Casper Turkile episode. I, that's been on my mind a lot lately around rituals and how important that is and how Scott and I have these little rituals that we do every year for Christmas around or like it's just it's silly it's like silly stuff but it's cute it's like for our little family of like what we do and say around putting up the Christmas tree and I'm like uh, that is our ritual because sometimes I feel like I don't have any I'm like no I do I think I really need to pay attention to that more and even like when we were doing for a while we were on this routine of doing the 5k it was like the new year's eve 5k um at wash park how fun that was to like it was fun and miserable at the same time but like just really fun to have to be around a group of all ages of people running a race and excited for the new year then we would like jump in the car we would literally like jump in the car stay warm jump out of the car run the 5k jump back in the car because it was like really it's really cold on new year's eve and then we'd go shower and then have dinner and i'm like we haven't done that in a long time Time. Not that we like are gung ho about running a 5k every New Year's Eve, but it was just like the ritual of it was really fun. Yeah, it gave you like a little something though. Something that's like to, our routine. Yeah. And yeah, I, I remember you when you would do that. Mm-hmm. So whether or not that is the thing that we do, I'm like, I really want to be more intentional around recognizing those rituals and how important that is for us. Yeah. Like find something. And it, it has more to do. I don't want to like start this episode off as a downer, but I, I posted re- yesterday, I was listening to Anderson Cooper's All There Is podcast. He did season one last year, uh, talking about the losses in his life. And he lost his mother in 2019. And just processed grief with a lot of famous people who've had significant losses, Molly Shannon, Stephen Colbert, to name a few. And it's such a powerful podcast to kind of get you to think about grief differently. He had on for season two, he was like, I'm not sure I'm going to do this podcast again. He wasn't sure if he was going to do a season two, because it was so hard. It's really hard to to talk about. And he is kind of like the quote unquote last one standing because he's like really the only member left of his immediate family. And he listened to thousands of voicemails of people talking about their loss. And he's like, if people are calling me and sharing, I I feel like I owe it to this process of continuing this conversation. So he had on this guest who was a grief expert. Um, He does grief retreats. He's written books about grief. And the way he talked about grief was unlike I mean, I've studied this. I've done continuing education around it. We talk about it all the time in therapy consultation. But the way that he framed grief was so profound and so mind-blowing. I had it replayed immediately. I replayed the episode immediately because I was like, I need to soak this in to every fiber of my being. It was so good. And they talked about rituals and how in every other culture, there's this beautiful ritual around death except for our culture, (laughs) how important it is to have that community. Anyway, not to sound off like immediately going deep, but that's kind of where I've been going to with like rituals and the importance of community and the importance of diving into that and holding those things sacred. So if you go to Anderson Cooper's podcast, you can just search all there is is the name of the podcast. It was so good. I immediately googled the guy's name and I don't have it off the top of my head and looked up his books and like, 
I'm like, I hope he does some, he does like grief retreats, but his whole thing is like, I don't know, I I don't want to turn this into a therapy session, but like really recognizing it in a way that is not to say cliche leaning into it, but we have such a culture of like turning away from hard things. Yeah, Francis Weller. Thank you, Danielle. Francis Weller was the expert that he had on. So please listen to it. It's hard to listen to, but it's also really important that we're talking about creating space for grief too, of when people are going through something difficult, create a space to commune with that. It's really, really important. I think there's so many times when people are going through loss, you don't know what to say and you kind of avoid it. You Everyone fears saying the wrong thing and you can't, you, you can say the wrong thing, but you can't like leaning in to, to support someone one is never going to go wrong. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Go listen to the episode and we can talk. Maybe we'll do like a little group chat about it afterwards. I'll create a space for us offline <laughs> to talk about grief if anyone wants to do that. So what about that episode like made you make the connection with holiday traditions? Well, uh, yeah, that's a thank you for bringing it circling back. <laughs> Let's circle back. It made me think about rituals of how he frames grief and honoring that the person who has died and how you have a relationship with them after they die and and even just the ritual of honoring someone's passing in such a sacred way it made me just think about rituals period because whenever someone says the word ritual i just automatically think of casper turkyle in his book the power of ritual we had him on the show a couple of years ago it was an amazing episode i really think we should bring him back but it just started me thinking about this time of year. I always get reflective this time of year. I always get, I don't know if it's nostalgic. It's also a very emotional time of year for me. Not only is the year and the time of year brings on more emotions for me, but I have a lot of like death anniversaries and the birthday of my grandmother who passed away. And there's a lot of just reflection that I go through in December. And then I'm also thinking about the next year. And then JT had a health issue this past week that I'm like, he's 12. I'm thinking about death. I have to, I get scared about death. And so I'm trying to really think about it more often because I have to face the fact that he's going to die. And like, you know, so I kind of feel a little bit like a crazy person talking about this and hearing myself talk about this. But like the reality is, uh, that's just the space that I get in. And so when I think about ritual, I think about the importance of creating those sacred practices, whatever it looks like for your family. It doesn't have to be, I think we put so much pressure on ourselves to have it look a certain way or like Instagram perfect, you know, whatever. Like the fact that we put up our tree a certain way and we don't have all these like fancy decorations, but it's like it fits for us and the little things that we do have around our house. I'm like, this is important to me. And I don't want to take that for granted. Or I don't want to take for granted that, you know, when we go out to see my family, like these are the things that we do every single year. I think I think it's just being more intentional and bringing that to a space where I'm recognizing it more because I I can easily pass things off or get complacent. I think that a a big part of holiday rituals is like putting pressure on yourself for them to be perfect. And I think like I make a little bit of a similar um, connection in my brain because I think that in a way like grief is really tied in nostalgia that you equate all of these rituals and all of these like memories with the people that you love. And oftentimes it's people who are no longer here, especially as you get older and older and you think about like, oh, I used to do this with my grandparents or my parents or my aunts and uncles or, 
you know, my friends or siblings who have passed away and um, it gives you like this really tangible thing to remember how it used to be. But I think, like I was thinking about this the other day when we were putting our tree up with the kids and we had like this neighbor girl with like Evie has this cute little friend who lives down the street and she came over and the mom like, she, she just like real, real randomly come over and knock on the door to see if Evie can play. And the mom was like, oh my gosh, you guys are putting up your tree. Like, never mind. She, you know, we'll come back later. And I was like, you guys can come in. Like, we don't have any rules about putting up the tree. You know, she can come hang up ornaments if she wants to. It's not like a, like a sacred, like, you know, but I think for some people it is. And I, I think that's really fun if it is for you, if you have like a whole ritual around it. But for us, it's like, no, we're just kind of, you know, it's sort of just like whatever it's going to be. Mm-hmm. I also saw a funny thing on Instagram that was like, I'm tired of, I think Tina posted this. It was like, I'm tired of all these aesthetically pleasing trees. Like your tree is supposed to be kind of tacky because it's supposed to just look like joy threw up all over your living room. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's a good point you bring up because it was making me think too around all the things that we see of people like in matching pajamas. And hey, that's so cute if your family does that. But I think sometimes I think like, am I missing out on some things because we don't do that? It's the comparison stuff. Holidays bring that out times a thousand because your family dynamics may not be perfect. Guess what? Actually, most of us are, most of our family dynamics are really messed up. And so like that is something that we bring around comparison. It's comparison around gift giving. Am I giving enough? Uh, Am I picking out the perfect present. We're putting on a lot a lot of pressure on ourselves. So I think it just brings up a lot, period, for whether it be around decorating, whether it be around what your family looks like, whether it be around if you spend time with family. Like, I was thinking about this because um, we're probably going to go to, we are going to Westcliff for Christmas, but we will probably drive home on Christmas Day. And then we flew home on Christmas Day last year because we were in Oklahoma. And there's a part of me that's like, is my life pathetic because I'm like traveling on Christmas? And like, what is that about? You know, so I think that is, it's just a time of year where a lot of, a lot of dust is being kicked up for a lot of people. And so that's just so much of it has been on my mind. And then with the whole Anderson Cooper episodes and talking about grief, I think it's just, it kind of goes hand in hand too of, as we're aging and spending time with family and recognizing family, and maybe we have family conflict and we have that push pull of feeling the need to like find resolutions with people we may not have good relationships with because as we age, we don't want to have any regrets. And so it's just, it's a lot. It's just a lot. It's just a lot. So if you're going through it and you sound as like jumbled in the brain as I feel like I sound right now, like I feel you, I hear you. We're good. We're just doing the best we can. Donna and I always Marco and I'm like, just one day at a time, you know, like just one day at a time. Sometimes it's just one yeah. day at a time. Tina's in the chat and she said, it's really hard for people with small families or no family. It can be so heavy. And I think I want to honor that and also say like when you have a big family, it's also like there's pressure to like, oh, you need to have, you know, the matching pajamas or whatever. And so I think like that's the side that I see of it. But what's your perspective, Joy, on the side of like when you don't have kids or you have a small nuclear family? Because this perspective that I see is like, oh, you need to have the like elf on the, we don't do the elf, the elf on the shelf does not visit my house. Like we don't, you know, we do Christmas photos, but like, we don't do, we have very few, like we don't go see Santa. We don't go do a lot of the things that I see, you know, other families doing like all, you know, they go to the zoo lights and they go to the blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And we don't do any of that. And so I feel like that's the version that I get of like comparing myself as like, oh, there's all every single day. It feels like from Thanksgiving to Christmas, there's another like family lights activity thing that (laughs) you could go do. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. But from the, from the perspective of like a family without kids, 
how does it feel on your side? It feels like, well, it's kind of what I talked about at the beginning. And I'm, it feels like a little bit like, am I, <laughs> this sounds so weird. Oh my gosh. Like, am I doing it wrong? Because so much of Christmas is, I don't, I don't know. I feel like a lot of the holidays is geared towards children. And so that's something where I'm like, am I, am I doing this wrong? Because our family does not include children within our, you know, Scott and Joy Parish. We have children in our family, of course, that we're, you know, going to see next month. But like, as far as the nephews and yeah. So it's sometimes I'll be like, like I said, traveling on Christmas, sometimes I'll be like, I don't want to say am I missing out because I like we made the choices that we make. But there's a little bit of like existential crisis that goes along with that. And I don't know how to explain it. (laughs) It's just kind of like, because uh, I don't feel like we're missing out, but I just feel like there. Uh, here's what it is, actually. It feels like outside judgment. That's what it feels like. There's, I have like a perception that there's an outside judgment, whether it be men, women, whomever that don't have children that there's like an something that you're like missing. And I think that's an outside judgment that I put on myself. So I don't know. I don't know how to name it. Right. That like there's this somehow the magic of the holidays is not accessible to you if you are not a family with children or is less accessible to you. Or there are like parts of it that like you don't get to do. Yes and no. Uh, It's more. Yeah, I guess it's kind of like there's like a it's just it's just like a different space that you're in that you're celebrating it differently. It looks differently for you. But that the majority of the holiday is geared towards waking up and watching your kids open presents. And so I think like that's something that you're like, well, I'm not doing that. So right. And since you guys aren't like particularly religious, like they're right. Yeah. yeah. And that's another piece of it, too, is like we're not particularly religious. So it's not like we're, you know, waking up and going to mass and participating in that. So it gets me in a weird headspace, too, because growing up Catholic, too, like we'd go to midnight mass and like that has not been something that's been a part of our lives. And so there's a little bit of like, well, I don't want to say what's the point, because obviously we know the reason for the season, but there's a little bit of that like tied up into it. And I think not to go into like a million different circles, but that is where this all this whole conversation started was like, where where's my anchor with all of this? Where's my anchor with all of this stuff? <laughs> if anyone out there yeah. has the answer, I'd love to know. <laughs> I think it's, you know, we get a lot of questions whenever we do a Q&A around like choosing to have kids and choosing to not have kids. And it's something we've talked about pretty, like, a, you know, we've covered it a handful of times in the past, but I think that it is really interesting that it feels like it comes up around Christmas because I do think that like there's still very little conversation in our society about like what rituals are meant for families without kids. And like, you're right that, you know, with Christmas, it's all about like, oh, what what gifts are you going to get your kids? And they're going to wake up and Santa has come. And like, it's interesting. I don't know, like even in the chat right now, we're having people say like, I feel that I feel this as someone without kids this is Donna because I'm still with my family of origin, mom and dad on Christmas and holidays. So like, that's also kind of like, you know, another perspective, like if you're then still able to see your parents, like how does it feel if you're someone who also does not have a lot of people left from their family of origin and you also don't have kids? Like Tina says, I saw my niece last night and my heart felt so sad and overwhelmed when I had to leave her, even though she was crazy. (laughs) It It absolutely makes me think. And Donna then says, your anchor is within yourself and perhaps a higher power. I think that's what it's like for me. And that can feel lonely with such an emphasis on kids and families. Tina says, holidays are weird without kids. I would love to hear other people's perspectives on this too. Like for folks who 
I know we do have a lot of listeners who are childless by choice. And I think, you know, there's a whole other perspective here of people who want kids and are unable to have them. And that's something we've been very careful to separate in the past. Yeah. But like, we know that there can be yeah. a lot of grief around not having kids. And that's, you know, not, not the perspective we're talking about today. Right. Not that that is not, cannot be, you know, really, really difficult around the holidays. And yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. I think there is also, I wonder if there's sort of this, like, how would you describe it? Like a nostalgia that for like an experience that you haven't actually that you're not actually having like sort of this like FOMO nostalgia, like where you just, you see what I'm saying? Like you, you're, it's, it feels like you're missing out, but at the same time, it also feels like this sort of like nostalgic. Well, it know. makes me reflect on like how I grew up. I think that's what it mostly comes from is how I grew up and what I was surrounded by and the family dynamics that have like since changed. Everyone's kind of separated and like, you know, as far as like geographically separated. And so it's hard because I'm not like physically geographically close to my brother and his family. So like, I would love to just live next door and be really close to them. And then we'd be spending the holidays together every single year, you know, like that's that comes up. Like whenever I'm in Oklahoma, this I never think about this because there's such a big family presence there that we're just around everybody. And I love having Christmas at Scott's parents house. And so like that, I feel like I'm occupied. But whenever we have it here because we don't physically have a ton of family here that's when i mean obviously my parents duh that's it's great but i also think like we're missing a lot of the pieces of our larger family and so i think that's when it comes up the most i remember the first christmas that we had alone when it was just the two of us i was so depressed and i can't it was a long time ago but we for whatever reason something happened where we're like well i guess we're just gonna spend christmas like maybe my parents were at my brother's house we just spent christmas the two of us and i was like this is the most depressing thing ever like i never want to do this again (laughs) but I don't know. Like, again, it just I think it's the bottom line is it's just bringing up a lot of reflection for better or for worse. It's not anything that it's like, oh, I'm missing out on per se. But it's just more around what the holidays bring up for people, whether it be you're missing out on your missing family that maybe they're not there anymore, whatever feelings that you're having around comparison. So I think that that's this year, that's what it's brought up for me the most. And it all started with this stupid podcast. So I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, that just dropped me into a deep pit of reflection. Dang it, Anderson Cooper. Get out of my head. Um, he reposted our Instagram story. I felt very famous. I was really excited about that. I was like, I almost <laughs> am friends with Anderson Cooper. <sighs> right? He like made a little comment. I was like, I'm so glad you got me out of this. Oh, like, oh my I gosh. just love him. And he, he gets really emotional. You could you can tell it's hard for him to like show emotion. He talks about his whole life, how he's just like bottled it up and he doesn't like to cry. And it just to hear him be so open and sad is like, you can tell that's really hard for him. So anyway. Thank you, everybody, for just hanging with that really <laughs> dip into my brain. That felt like I'm gonna have an I'm gonna have a, a emotional hangover over that one. But um. you know, arguably, this entire podcast is a dip into our brains. So that's true. It's kind of the whole reason we're here. I right now, speaking of of having kids, I'm in Jackson right now with my best friend who, my best friend from high school who just had a baby last week. Like she had her baby on Tuesday and I got here on Friday. 
And so it's been really interesting to like be in this little little cocoon of like the first couple of days of like having Mm -hmm. a baby at home. It's been really interesting. Like I think, you know, as everybody knows, I have two kids and like with, again, like with Miles, my postpartum was really difficult. I had really bad postpartum depression. With Evie, it was a little bit, you know, it was really different. It was a lot easier. I had Evie at home though. So my postpartum was also a little bit different. It has kind of made me think about like every time I'm around a a family that has a newborn, I just like, I'm thinking about how it's so different for everybody. And like, I don't know, like, I don't know why we even tried to like set people up for this time of their lives because it's, it's like so different. Like, so my friends are you know, they're my age, they're like mid, late thirties. They're just like, so taking everything in stride. And I think back to like when I had miles when I was in my late twenties and like everything was such a huge deal. It has also made me think about like the self-awareness of others when they're trying to support you and like how it, it, a lot of times it ends up being more about them than about the actual support that you need. And there's this very stereotypical thing with, you know, like coming over and saying like, Oh, I, I'll let me hold the baby while you do the housework. And it's like, no, let them hold the baby while, while you, the guests do the housework. Like, let them, you know, just like be off in their just, own little yeah, cocoon, cocoon and you bliss. go clean yeah. the kitchen. So that's what I've been trying to do. But I think that it's, it's just been, it's, it's been fun. Like, I'm really thankful that they've sort of like let me in, in this very like tender little time of their lives. But it's an interesting, it's interesting to kind of like be so fully on the other side of it and now be in the space with someone who I'm like so close with right. and see, you know, see these things. I don't know. It's like these moments happen in real time that like when I was experiencing them, I didn't, I couldn't like process them. Mm-hmm. I don't really know where I was going with that. It's just like kind of an interesting, interesting reflection I've had over the last few days. Cassandra in the chat says, my first was born March, 2020. We were sent home the first day of California lockdowns. I'm due with my second this coming March. I can't wait for a real postpartum. I can have my mom over, go on walks. We weren't even allowed outside during oh, 2020. Oh my gosh. gosh. That would be so <gasps> hard. Like so how intense. lonely too. It's already need... such like an isolating period of time, let alone like add anything on top of that. I think that's the biggest thing that I always try to like remember about, about those first, not even just days, but like month, weeks and months that you're on such a different, you're just in such a different like rhythm in your, in your, in in your home life that like it can feel very isolating because you can't just like go out and do something. And arguably that's how it is until your kids like stop napping when they're, you know, two or three or four. But it's really hard in the first couple weeks and months when you don't know what the schedule is because the baby is like, like most babies, and this is a broad blanket statement, but like most babies are not neurologically capable of forming a predictable schedule until they're like, I don't know, at least I think it's like six weeks old or something and four or six weeks old at the bare minimum. Like my kids didn't start sleeping on a schedule or like napping on a schedule till they were like three or four months. And so those first several weeks and months, like the baby's just doing whatever the heck they want and you have very little control over it. And so you kind of just have to like be ready to like have them take a nap or do a diaper change or whatever at any given moment. So you're not really like going to a concert or even like really, I mean, like you can go out to coffee and stuff like that, but that also really depends on the mom. Like some people just don't feel confident being out in public and changing a diaper or breastfeeding. And you know, that takes time to kind of earn that. Not, I don't really want to say confidence either, but it's like that comfort. Like a lot of times you're just not comfortable of like doing that stuff outside your house. Yeah, it feels course. very personal. Yeah. I think it, it's just been interesting. Like I remember I had a good friend who had a baby in between when Evie and Miles was, were born. And she kind of after, like after a couple of weeks was like, why didn't you tell me it was going to like, she's like, she was struggling. And she was like, why didn't you tell me that it was going to be so hard? And I was like, what would I have said? Like, there's no way to describe it. And there's no way up. to describe it until you're there. Yeah. Again, I don't really know where I'm going with 
with that, just sort of reflecting on life in newborn world. Mm-hmm. It's been fun to sort of like get to drop into this little newborn bubble and then go home to my very much non-newborn kids. <laughs> I saw a cute picture of Evie with Elsa and oh, the frozen. My oh, my So tell us about that. That was so cute. I wasn't there. I know you Brandon weren't there. That's why you yeah. got the photos. So like what oh happened? Gosh. Okay. So for Evie had like a crazy day yesterday. She went to the Nutcracker with her little friend, Alex, and my friend, Amanda. Hi, Amanda, if you're listening. She and they in they do this like kids version of the Nutcracker and it's like the local like middle school high school dance company like and they put on like a 30 minute version of the Nutcracker for kids and it's like they you know you the stage is they just do it at the high school like it's very very low commitment and but it's specifically for young kids to not have to sit through the whole thing and so like Evie got dressed up <clears throat> and she wore an Elsa dress and a unicorn horn. Oh my god, of a course. unicorn horn. Yeah, let me show you the picture for the people who are in the chat. It has like it has my friend's daughter in it too, so I'm not gonna post it on Instagram, but I mean it's just Oh my gosh. Living and her friend wore like a big life. crown. Yeah, yeah. Just we we'll repost the photos. We'll try to remember to repost these the day that this episode drops, but it's basically the cutest unicorn horn with like little fake fur it, on yeah, it. Yeah, and, and like, it's like a rainbow unicorn horn. Uh, um Tina's asking where is her dress from? It's a Halloween costume. I think we got it at Target. Like in Tar- Target actually has a lot of really good kids co- like character costumes. I'm yeah. sure yeah. They have it, a lot of good, like they have a lot of good hidden things if you buy online. They've got a lot of stuff that they don't sell the stores you totally yeah this cool but like yeah. you can see i don't know if you guys can see the picture like this thing is like tattered up like she wears <laughs> this thing everywhere. All. she's zooming everywhere. in on the sleeve and there's like holes all over the sleeve love yeah. it love it she is just it she wears this thing all the time so then so she went to the nutcracker then she went to my friend amanda's house and they baked cookies and then there was like in the shopping center near our house we have like a you know whatever suburban shopping center with like a sam's club and a whole foods and a bunch of nail salons and they have like a tree lighting right so they went to the tree lighting and at the tree lighting were an Anna and Elsa and so Evie was still wearing her Elsa dress and got to like go up to the Anna and Elsa and they were like the Anna was like oh my gosh I have that same dress and and, like oh I mean you guys just look at this I'll I'll repost this picture but look at her and her like she's like holding onto both their hands so tight just like beaming with pride she's in between the two just the biggest grin like she's truly in between two fairies and like just so excited so happy Brandon sent me that picture and I was like oh my gosh Evie is like she's probably never been so excited in her life and I called her I like FaceTimed her last night and she was like, mom, I met Anna and Elsa, but they weren't real. (laughs) She's like, yeah, they asked me if I took her. She's like, I had the same dress on as Anna. And she said, did you take it out of my closet? And I said, no, (laughs) like reliving her celebrity encounter. It was so so cute. I love how you Uh, talked about her recent dream where she woke up and she was crying. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Last week. And before parents hear this and are like, oh my gosh, my kid would never do that. Please know that my children also like wake up and take a very long time to calm back down for usually. And so that's why this was so funny because she woke up from a nightmare and was crying. And I like ran into her room and after like two seconds, she kind of stopped, looked around, realized it was a dream, just goes, oh, never mind. <laughs> just like <laughs> flops back over and immediately falls back to sleep. Uh, I kind of wish I could do that when I have Right? Nightmares. It was so, and like, Again, every other time she's ever woken up from a nightmare, it's done the normal thing. And even my, and Miles is way worse. We're like, Miles, like you got to really sit with him and calm him down, like bring him back to reality. It was yeah. just the funniest, like self-aware queen moment where she was just like, oh, never mind. <laughs> it's like, 
is this child? Anyway, all right, let's take a quick moment to talk about a new sponsor that we're so excited about. Brand new. Wait, let me just... Everyone look at my skin who's in the chat. Your dewy, glowy skin. I do have this product on as we speak, so let's continue. I I feel like my skin looks really good these days. It does look really good. (laughs) So our, our exciting new sponsor is called Purity Woods, and they make amazing skincare products and amazing anti-aging skincare. We have been loving the age-defying dream cream. They sent us some a couple months back. I used the entire bottle. It's been a while. So like we tried it for a while before we even picked up the sponsorship, just so you know, it's not like something we tried yesterday. We've been trying it for like three months to really make sure that we want to use this stuff. (laughs) I love it so much. I use it every morning and every night. It is my go-to moisturizer. It is so light, but like still so creamy. I don't know how it to describe it. It soaks into my love... skin. Nothing yes. soaks into my skin. Everything I put on my skin balls up. Like, I don't know what that's about. Yeah, I've tried just, everything. Like, this mm-hmm. just like slides on and I'm not like sticking to my pillow because that's the other pet peeve I have is when I put like any creams on at night, it just like rolls over onto my pillow and rubs off. Not this product. I'm not even kidding. It's great. It's so nice. It smells really nice. It has this sort of like, it has papaya in it, I think. And so it has like a little bit of like a fruity smell. I love it so much. It's been formulated with maple leaf extract, which contains anti-inflammatory, antioxidants, and hydrating properties, which can help soothe irritated or inflamed skin. And it also plumps, brightens, and nourishes. I have actually gotten compliments on my skin since wearing this. So people are like, wow, you look great. And like, yes, I, not to be a weird product freak, but like it's this moisturizer. So yeah. You guys got to try this out, the Age Defying Dream Cream. They are offering 17% off site-wide currently, but we have an additional 10% discount for our listeners for a total savings of 27%. Go to puritywoods.com forward slash joy. So P-U-R-I-T-Y-W-O-O-D-S.com forward slash joy, J-O-Y, or code joy at checkout for an additional 10% off your first order. So you can stack that discount, try out this amazing dream cream. You're going to love it. Your winter dry skin is just going to be obsessed with this. So go order some right now. Yes. Especially this time of year. I'm just like, oh, I'm so moisturized and it's cruelty free and not tested on animals. So thank you for supporting the brands that support our podcast and supporting this exciting new sponsor. Yay, new sponsors. Yay, new sponsors. Okay. Speaking of really cute kid things too. I have to, I wanted to do this last week, but we didn't have time. But my nieces, I texted my nieces and I was like, hey girls, what do you want for Christmas? And they're like, (laughs) one was like, "Um, I'm not sure. And one was like, hold on, I have a list. And so she sends me this. Remind us how old your nieces are. They're 11. And they're like, "Um, hold on, I have a list. (laughs) It's so cute. It says Christmas list. I open it. Christmas list. This is all optional in parentheses. I'm just going to read a few, but it was really cute. And I have to do it in this voice because like this is how they are. Mm, Squishmallows, fluffy blanket, slippers, plaid PJ pants, gray. Skincare. I love that they're into skincare. Simply Southern shirts, black leggings, gibbets, croc attachments in parentheses, makeup, necklaces, gray sweatpants, mostly want in parentheses, flared leggings, mostly want. And then she gives a link to this hoodie. I love that she is just like, I mostly want this. And she has like, I love the notes. 
cute. I love the notes. That's oh, so funny. I love him so much. And then the other was like, mm, I'm not sure what she say. Oh, she's like, I have a Sephora gift card in my cart. I don't know if she's like putting things in her cart. This is from the other one. I also have a Stanley, but IDK if my mom is getting it or not. Like texting my nieces is the most fun thing in the whole world. Yay for that's so cute. We have in the past like made Amazon wish lists for our kids for Christmas and like sent it to family and been like, hey, yeah, no pressure, but like if you're looking, and you know, and we try to keep it like a variety of price points so that people can like buy it like a ten dollar book or like a seventy dollar Lego. We've gotten good responses from that because people because like otherwise like. I always felt like doing something like that was very presumptuous. Like, oh, I don't want to assume you guys are just going to buy my kids these like crazy gifts. But it's actually so helpful because they're like, we want to, if we're going to, we're going to buy them a gift. And if I'm going to buy them a gift, I want to buy them something they actually want and are going to play with or use. And it's so hard with kids, especially as they get older. You know, Evie, like you could buy her anything, you know, frozen or unicorns and she is going to be psyched. But like Miles is getting trickier and trickier, even for me as he gets older. What does he want? Like, what do I get this kid? I don't know. Yeah. Or he'll be like, oh, I want like a, like a laser gun. You know, like he wants stuff where I'm like, that's not like a real thing that you can buy from Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Laser gun. Or he'll be like, oh, I know you, he wants like a, basically what he's been describing recently is that he, he effectively wants like an engineering lab. He's like, I want, he's like, oh, you can get me a kit where I can make like, cause he's, have you seen the movie Big Hero 6? Mm-mm. Oh, it's so cute. You guys really should watch it. It okay. came out a while ago. Yeah. Let's find out when it was from. But, um. Oh, yeah, it's from 2014. So it's been out for like 10 years. It's really, okay. really cute, though. But part of the premise of the movie is it's all this like group of friends who are all in this like prestigious engineering program and they all do all these like crazy different types of engineering. And Miles was like, oh, yeah, you could get me like stuff where I could make like a plasma ray. And I'm like, I personally do not have the government security clearance to be buying you a plasma ray. <laughs> He's like, well, we could build one. I'm like, I, I don't think we could build one. I oh, love this your makes enthusiasm. me wish I could. Like, would he be intrigued by going on like the base, like my brother's military base and seeing like big planes? Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'm like, this makes yes. me want to take him to Jay's change of command in January. It'd be like, oh, my just gosh. Just have at it, Miles. Like, ha- yeah, like look at all these planes. Stoked. <laughs> he, oh, my gosh. He would love that. And he's like very into not and like, I mean, of course, like big, you know, planes, like rockets, everything like that. But Last year we got him. Do you know who Mark Rober is, the YouTuber? But he's like a NASA scientist turned YouTuber. Mm-mm. So look him up. He's super duper famous, like on YouTube. And he, you would, yeah, you know who he is. He's the guy who did like those squirrel obstacle courses at the beginning of COVID. Oh yeah, I'm. Do you remember? At him right and then now. remember the guy. And then remember when like that thing, like the the thing with like the glitter bomb when yes. people would feel. He's that guy. So basically, he was like a um, he was a NASA engineer, and now and an he's Apple like this, engineer. Wow. Yeah. So he is like a legit, you know, trained at. I think he went to like Cal State or something, or U- yeah. USC or something. So he's like a very legit engineer who now does basically these like crazy experiments and puts them on YouTube. Some of them are very like high budget and, but a lot of them are just sort of more like his whole thing is about teaching kids how to like approach things with an engineering and like a physics mindset of like, okay, how would you test this? Like, how would you design, not even an experiment, but like, how would you design like a process to go through to sort of like find out what's going to happen? So we got him last year, this like monthly kit called Crunch Labs, where it's like a Mark Rober, like kind of, so every single one is based around like a principle of engineering, like, like levers or like centrifugal force or, you know, friction. And then it has like a little thing that you build, like a little kit that, you know, is like, oh, the, the levers one 
is like a spirograph. And so when you move the angle of the levers, it like the spirograph moves differently and it shows like how it like draws different things based on the angle of the different levers. Or like there was another one where it was like a, basically like a catapult, but like a catapult that had like a chain reaction. Anyway, they're really, really cool. So if you're looking for something okay. for kids who are into like STEM and engineering, they this, were, it was This so made me cool. also go on to Steve Spangler's website, the guy on Nine News who's like this. He's also been on Ellen a million times, but he is kind of like the same guy, but he does all these science experiments. They're so cool. Anyway, I was looking, I'm like, ooh, you can get a science experiment book. That would be fun for him. Totally. I'm. We're sort of in this phase. He's at the age, so as you guys know, Miles is eight, where like he's old enough to want to do like legit chemistry basically, but he's like too young for me to actually be comfortable with him doing that. Or like, I can't supervise that. Like, I don't know. I'm not good at chemistry. So anyway. Have I asked if he's already I don't know. into Roblox? Is he too young for Roblox? He is into Roblox. It's a little bit, I don't really get Roblox. Like I get it, but it's like, it's so different depending on the game that you're in. Mm-hmm. And sometimes he loves it. And sometimes it's just really frustrating because like it all depends on the developer and whether or not it's intuitive to you. Cause like there aren't really instructions usually, or the instructions are really quick. Okay. So he does more Minecraft than sure. Roblox. Okay. He's pretty into Minecraft. He recently, we recently like downloaded this Minecraft mod where he like can have dragons. So now he's got dragons. Oh my gosh. Speaking of dragons, I just finished fourth wing. What is that? What is that again? It's a book about. Oh, yeah, book. okay, 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 okay. It's like a new fantasy book that came out. I don't know. The first book came out probably like a year ago or so at this point. Let's see. Oh, it came out in April. So it's it was, but it was like a bestseller list all all over the summer, and it is like a it's a fantasy series, and it's like you know in this like it's about like a battle call like a war college, and all of these kids who have to go through I mean not kids like young adults who have to go through this war college and then they have to like bond with these dragons and what happens and you know then the dragons like have like a mental connection to them and then like through the dragons they get like these powers so it's very fantasy so I read I listened to the first fourth wing book it's called fourth wing the first book and then the second book is called uh, I didn't know you were like a well I guess like with Harry Potter fantasy stuff like that tracks I didn't know you were like a dragon fantasy person. Yeah, I like fantasy like, books. Did you... um, Iron Flame, thank you, Brianna. Okay. So I listened to Fourth Wing, and it was, the narrator was fine. It's written from the point of view of, like, this woman, Violet, so it's, like, a first-person narration, which is probably not my favorite point of view for a book, but that's fine. I prefer third-person third person omniscient, where, like, they're talking about them in the third person, but you can tell their thoughts. But listening to it was a little bit wild because there are some like really graphic sex scenes in it. And like Game so of Thrones? Listening, Did you ever watch Game of Thrones? I couldn't get into Game of Thrones. Oh, okay. It was a little too like, I mean, I watched a couple episodes and I was like, oh, this is like really violent. But there were some sex scenes in it, like some spicy sex scenes. And they don't happen. I think the first one's in like chapter 30 or something. Like it happens very far into the book. But listening to it on audiobook, I was like, this is too awkward. I can't, like, listen to someone read. (laughs) Isn't it funny sometimes where you're just like, I don't know. I don't know if I can hear this. (laughs) Yeah, I, like, I, when I'm reading it, just, like, in my brain, I'm like, okay, this is fine. Like, I can kind of, you know, speed it up. But when I'm listening to it, I was like, this feels indecent. Like, (laughs) I can't, like, listen to someone talk about thrusting. Like, listen to someone say those words. I was like, "Mm, I feel like joy. Talking about thrusting. Like, mm, this is too much. Donna says, I thought dragons were real animals until up, up about age eight or nine. <laughs> that really checks for you, Donna. I love that. Anyway, so I just, so I, I finished 
listening to Fourth Wing like on my drive to the airport for this little trip I took. So I bought the other book, Iron Flame, at the airport. And I had heard like, oh, it's not as good, but I'm like three quarters of the way through it already. It's like maybe 500 pages. I like it just as much. And maybe it's because audiobooks are not my preferred form of book experiencing. And so I'm liking the second book a little bit more because I'm reading it. But yeah, I think, I know there's been a lot of hype about these books. If you are somebody who enjoys fantasy, I think you would enjoy this book. Like it's not changing my life, but I'm really enjoying it. And I'm like thinking about it when I'm not reading it. And I'm like, I'm looking forward to going back to it. And it's been a while since I felt that way about a book where I was like, oh, I can't I wait to like get to sit down and I read need, it. I, don't, I haven't had a book like that in a while. And I'm really, I think I need something like that too. Where you're like excited Honestly, to turn it back on. Totally. I mean, I don't know. I know that you're more of like a nonfiction yeah, type of girly. But, but I like. Um, you might get into this. It's I like might. Very, I'm, yeah, I'm open it. to just like trying new things and getting out of my like routine of stuff. Totally. I would recommend it. I really am enjoying it. And yeah, tell me when the thrusting stuff happens. (laughs) Yeah. Chapter 30 is when the thrusting happens. And then there's like a part at the end, getting towards the end where it's like very sort of like teen romance and you're like, everything is about like, oh, his beautiful face and all stuff. And I'm like, are we going to get over this? So I finally ended up texting one of my friends who I knew had read it. And I was like, does this get better? Or is this just like a diary entry for the last part? And she's like, no, no, it gets better. Like you just have to get through that. There is some like cringy relationship stuff yeah, that where you're I like, can handle that. It, I mean, I yeah, watch can, freaking Love totally Island for crying out loud. So I think I can. Absolutely. <laughs> My tolerance for that is very low, but you would love it. It is actually, I think you might like it. I think you might surprise yourself okay. if you like it. Um, but Iron Flame just came out. The what newer was the one. First like one called? Sorry. Fourth Wing. Okay. Yeah. And then Iron Flame just came out like less than a month ago. So Danielle says, I know people are raving about a court of thorns and roses. This is also fantasy i have not tried that yet but i do want to is it well written says tina i think so there are some parts where because it's first person that is where some of it for me gets a little bit like diary e some at some points where it feels like i don't know like a little too casual and i'm like let's get back to the plot so there are some parts where i'm like okay I'm, i'm tired of sort of listening to you like reflect on this let's just get back to what's happening but it is very, it moves quickly. It's not like too flowery. It's not slow. It's not like groundbreaking literature, no. But it is written in a way that's like very easy to read and quick. So that's my headline for the week is that I'm actually reading books and it's very exciting. It I is very books. exciting. I have been like reading so much as I've been here because I know as soon as I go home, I'm going to lose it because mm-hmm. I can't sit down and read it my, in my life. Yeah. How is your work going as far as like, I know this time of year is a lot where some people either have a job that's super busy at the end of the year, or you have a job where things kind of like, you're just kind of like phoning it in until after the holidays. (laughs) Not you. Well, and this is not news because this was like literally in the headlines that VF, which is my, the parent company that owns the brand that I work for laid off 600 people last week. It's been a lot. And thankfully, I was not impacted and nobody that I work with directly was impacted. But it was a lot of like restructuring kind of at the corporate level. But apparently, like people were impacted at all levels and all brands. And so that made for quite a stressful week in like the week coming out of Thanksgiving, you know, so for all of the brands that are under this parent company, Black Friday is super, super important. I don't know if anybody out there has been reading like the reports around Black Friday, but it's like spending overall was up, but it's sort of like the thesis statement is sort of spending overall was up, but we can't really tell. There's not a clear story around it because like the brands that rely really heavily on Black Friday didn't do as well. And then the brands that don't rely on Black Friday as much seem to have done fine. 
And so what it kind of feels like is like maybe the, the hypotheses are maybe like maybe travel spending was up or like, you know, like Nike was up, but Nike's always up. Like they skew the statistics for the rest of us, but like Crocs was up, like things that are a little bit more kind of giftable and like mid-range prices but then like the parent company that owns like Michael Kors was way down like you know so stuff like that like luxury brands are down whereas like a lot of times those luxury brands or those more expensive items would be what you would see an increase in because they're on discount and people are not typically buy trying to buy them at full price anyway I don't mean to turn this into like an economic discussion of Black Friday but no please they're <laughs> what, what else we can talk about yeah, Danielle says, I read an article about how it used to make sense to shop on Black Friday because the discounts were so much higher. Now they're lower discounts and not worth it. I think that's really true because, and like not only that, but it used to be Black Friday was like the day. And now it's like the entire month of November. They, they started it so, yeah. yeah well, and that's why I was sort of like nuts. making that comment about REI last week where I was like, you know, oh, I yeah, I am a little bit annoyed by them, but it, what it actually does, because REI is such a big player in not just the outdoor industry, but just like lifestyle gifting as a whole, anything sports adjacent, they're such a big player. Mm-hmm. When they run their big promo the two weeks before Thanksgiving, that forces everyone else to pull their promos yeah. back as well. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, that's when you start seeing sales pop up on November 1st because people want to be the first one so that Everyone's you buy from them. It's just like of, trying right. to be the first and trying to beat one another. And then it ends up being July <laughs> where they're like, let's exactly. start in July. Exactly. And so like that is the other thing where Black Friday has gotten so diluted because now everything's on sale for the whole month of November. People are just waiting for like the discount to keep ramping up and up as we get closer to Christmas. And so things have just gotten too competitive. All that to say, clearly, my job is not does not cool off. But during Christmas, this is by far our busiest time of year. It's the busiest time of year for like every brand that's under this parent company, and so things have been. I am sadly not able to phone it in, but I am already very much looking forward to our trip to Costa Rica in four weeks. Some, a lot of people have sent me some great recommendations on Instagram and an email, so thank you for that. And I'm so excited about this. I, I haven't tried it yet, but obviously, because I just found out about it. Is this the pet sitting thing? Yeah. So one of our listeners was like, hey, I heard you talking last week about fi- about boarding River. And she's like, I've tried this. I did this four times in the past year. I've had 10 out of 10 experiences. It's Trusted House Sitters, trustedhousesitters.com. So what they do is you pay an annual fee, which is could range anywhere from like 90 to 160 bucks a year, depending on like what kind of plan that you want. But you then have, you go through people listing their house to, to pet sit, that you would be pet house sitting, but you get to stay at their house for no additional cost. And then vice versa, if you need a house sitter, pet sitter, people like bid to house sit, pet sit for you. I'm like, this is a genius idea. Because I was looking up like where people are needing house sitters and pet sitters. You could go to Ireland, you could go to the UK, you could go to Hawaii. And they're like, I need you to pet sit my parrot. Like, and you stay for free. Like, I mean, aside from that fee, I'm like, this is genius. Now I get that there's always like a risk, but Every single person I've sent this to like a handful of friends are like, oh, yeah, my friends have done this and they've had such good experiences. I think if you vet the right people, because people will apply to sit for your house, they don't just like automatically sit for your house, you kind of can pick who you want. But I was like, 
oh my gosh, I'm looking at all these listings. I downloaded the app and set up like a free account. And I was looking at places to sit. And there was this one gal in in San Diego that's like, her tagline was like, I hope you like cuddling. And then they have pictures of their animals, of like who you'll be sitting. There was like a farm in Tennessee where she had like goats. And I'm just like, "This this is my dream of traveling around. All you need to do is like pay for a flight house sit for the cutest animals ever. And then you get to like explore some new towns. That sounds amazing to me. Scott's probably a little more skeptical because he's bougie. But like I was I'm like, I'm gonna grab some girlfriends. And in 2024. Yeah, you are just gonna go sit on a stranger's couch and pet their cats. I and like just explore some coffee yeah. shops and juice bars. Like that's that sounds right up my alley. So thank you to the listener who suggested that. That's but amazing. she was like, She's like, I've had, I know it could, you could, there's always a risk, right? But she's like, this company is amazing. It's really well like vetted. And she's like in the four, the four times that I've used it in the past year, 10 out of 10, she said, I was out of town for Thanksgiving for a week. The people who stayed was this adorable Italian couple and they legit painted two photos of my cats for me to frame when they left. Like, (laughs) oh, wow. That is amazing. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so funny. So anyway, so that's cool. Like that's something yeah. as far as like traveling and recommendations. An Airbnb, but for pets. Yeah. Um, or for house sitting. I mean, if someone is out there who lives in the Longmont area and wants to watch my dog for a week after Christmas, please let me know because I am getting more and more nervous about boarding her. And I mean, sure. you know, we're going to be spending yeah. 300 bucks on boarding her. So exactly. I'm happy to pay for somebody to watch her. doesn't have to be at my house. It can be at your house. She will chew up your stuff if you leave it out, unfortunately. But we do. We can, <laughs> you can put her in a crate when you're not home. She loves her crate. Send me, send me an email. I'm serious. Um, you can, you too can be amazed by the lack of thoughts in River's head. Yeah. Well, on the same note, week. I'm like, because I want someone to house. I mean, I could easily, we could find pet sitters but it's just it's so much easier when someone comes to her house but um we're right. gonna be out of town in january and the same thing where i'm like i might consider doing this i need someone to watch my house and my dogs and you want someone that you're like you know will love animals as much as you do that you're not worried about it and maybe we're just gonna like start we're gonna put our own bids out for people to come house it first yeah this i think is, has just if anyone wants like to come to denver if yeah. anyone wants yeah. to go to longmont in january uh, if you want to come stay in longmont for the first week of january just let me know i make no promises for the state of my house that's more my concern about letting people house sit is like oh. i feel like i would feel the need to deep clean my house and man our house is a lot of piles oh <sighs> all right guys wow it really is snowing look in the back of your yeah. window look at that yeah Look at it's that. It's actually, you're getting the snow that we had yesterday. Here I in did Jackson. not expect this. This was not on our forecast, but you know. What the heck? Weather happens. What the heck? Weather happens. Mother Nature, I was not paying attention to Corey's, uh, Corey, Cody. Cody, sorry. Sorry, Cody. Gosh, there's this, I don't, I think we've talked about him before. There's like this hyper local weather guy. Yeah, we've talked about Cody him many Wilson. times yeah. and he's the best. Yeah. He's the best. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Please don't forget to check out our super great new sponsor, Purity Woods. That's puritywoods.com forward slash joy or use discount code joy for 10%, an additional 10% off the promo that's already happening on their website. This is limited time. Go buy yourself this age-defying dream cream. You're going to love it. Get so dewy. It's going to be great. It's Mm -hmm. going to be wonderful. (laughs) You can find us on Instagram at joyandclaire underscore. You can go to our website, joyandclaire.com. You can email us. This is joyandclaire at gmail.com. Thank you for being here. We'll talk to you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye.